Here we go. First and foremost, thank you so much for being here, Miranda. I hope I said it correctly because that's a very unique way of actually spelling out your name, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. And you did an amazing job. I am so happy to be here. Super excited. Me too. Me too. I, I definitely know people have read this topic and they're like, huh, what is going on here? How can you create a marriage culture? How can you be able to even be in a marriage that has a culture that you can adapt to? <laughs> so what, what, I don't know where to start. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's more than a notion for sure. But you know what? It's just something that we have to do. Like the whole buzz is generational wealth, right? Generational wealth. Let's build generational wealth. Well, you do that between a, a man and a woman, husband and a wife. They, they get together. They, they make their promises. And they commit to for better or for worse, ride or die. You know, and um, together, that's what they do. They build that generational wealth. Well, let's just say the husband and the wife, they build the wealth. The generations come from their kiddos, right? That's where the generation part comes in. It's through their kids and their, and their children's children and those children. And then, you know... Before you know it, Flipper, your your beard is all great. And you have all these little people running around you. Somebody puts a baby in your arms and you're like, wow, I did this. I did this. That's generational wealth. And that's what I'm trying to get our people to see. You know, that's what, that's what's up. That's what it's about. You know what? We're going to, we're going to. Pause a little bit and then jump right back in because I know people are like, okay, now we're seated. Now our belts are fastened. So let us know more about you, your name, what you do. And then we go back into it so we can really discuss this point because it's very important for us to know how people can navigate through it. Okay, let me um, start with this. Um, I felt myself unhappy. I felt like I was unloved. I felt like I was unappreciated. So I filed for divorce. And um, my husband, he talked me out of it by reminding me of what I had told him about my parents' divorce. What happened to my sister and I, how we went from living in a house to living in an apartment how we went from having a father to having a stepfather. And I know like everybody's step-parent experience is different and mine wasn't positive. So my husband reminded me of that and that changed my mind about following through with divorce because following through with the paperwork, you know, because I didn't want that for my kiddos. So, and that's how I got here. I'm Miranda Kennedy, and um, for a long time, my last name didn't mean anything to me, but it does now, because it's the last name that my children have, and um, it's the thing that connects uh, my husband and I. So yeah, that's who I am, and in making marriage like my ministry, and encouraging other women to stay married, because women file for divorce twice as often as men. 
So because of that, and just being a woman myself, I was like, I need to encourage these women to stay. Like, yes, you're tired. Yes, you're frustrated. Yes, you're over it. I get that. I've been there. But let's just take a deep breath and find something. There is something there. There is a reason to stay in it. Now, let's just talk about it. Like, what are they? And that's how my book came about. I came up with seven, seven reasons to stay married. And I really believe that women can um, relate to these reasons and we can enter into a discussion. And hopefully by the time it's over, they're like, okay, Miranda, I'm going to give it one more shot. I'm like, you know what? That's all I'm asking. Just hang in there one more day. And I'm going to encourage you through this thing till you get to the other side. And that's what's happening. And I feel like I'm really blessing um, their, their children and their children's children. Like at the moment, you know, she may not feel like hanging in there. But I, you know, I'll be like a year from now, she's like, you saved my life. I'm glad I, you know, I'm right. glad I hung in there. So, yeah, so that's my job. That's what I do. And in doing that, I'm encouraged to hang in there in my own marriage. I love that. It's pretty much a mirror effect of what you're seeing in other people's businesses and lives. And it's transforming your life because now it's affecting how you build your relationship with your family, with your loved ones. So it makes it's like a holistic experience, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I love that phrase. It's a mirror effect. Yeah. And I'm looking at it from marriage because i've heard like we've had some marriage talk on this podcast before we've had a, a great amount of people that have talked about marriage and relationships but when it comes to like you said divorce because now when you when you said that i was like uh-uh that is crazy so if it's twice as much then it tells me that emotionally they've been holding it for a long time that they couldn't stay there for long and the only way to get out is by doing that exit left. Um, I don't know what else to call it, but it shouldn't be something that should be done because biblically, spiritually, it has a huge effect on you. But some people are really focused on that physical, mental, financial, sexual. It, it goes deeper and deeper into it. So how does someone stay sane without being <laughs> overwhelmed? Yes, um, I get that. Now, um, I think that community is a big part of it. Like, and education is a huge part of it, too. Um, my son was um, studying for his driver's license. I mean, that dude was like, taking practice tests. He was reading his book. He was like, mom, take me out for a drive. Dad, take me out for a drive. He was on it. And I, it occurred to me, I'm like, he is studying more for his driving test than I ever did to prepare for my marriage. And that's just crazy. I mean, I understand that he is going to be operating um, a huge vehicle that if not um, operating properly can um, hurt someone and you know he can hurt himself and someone else but the same is true for marriage it's huge it's bigger it's bigger than just you and your fiance 
You got your parents, you got her parents, you got your siblings, her siblings, your friends. Everybody is invested in you. Everybody wants you to make it work. Everybody's invested in your wedding being beautiful and therefore your marriage also being beautiful. And I don't think people take into consideration like the numbers of people who are you know, pulling for you, praying for you, believing in what you're you're going to create. And when they see all that, when they see all that blow up, it's painful. It's, you know, it's like you, it's a mourning. Because what you're doing is you're interweaving like all these families together. And then the two of you just rip them apart. And, and you know, like, hey, they don't want to be. They want to stay together. Like her people and your people have now developed a relationship. And if the two of you rip that thing apart, like what does that look like for these two people, you know, who have a relationship? Because your people are going to want to bat for you and her people are going to want to be on her side. And you just put like your whole family in this this unreasonable situation where they have to feel like they have to choose a side and they don't want to they want to choose the two of you together and not be forced to you know choose a side so it's tough and i don't think people like they they don't get that they're like this is this is me and my wife this is me and my husband this is our thing our marriage it's just us not even not even close Mm. That's not even close. There's people invested in your marriage that you don't even know. You know, it runs that deep. It does. Some people don't even want you to be married. Some people are excited about your marriage. Some people don't even care. So it's like you don't know who to trust or who to talk to. And then when you now actually become a unit, the friends that you once had no longer start showing up either because they don't like this person or they were jealous initially or they didn't take heed. Like, I've heard stories <laughs> how people are like, oh, he's married. Oh, he's getting married. Oh, okay. And when you hear that, already in my head, like, uh, my cousin was telling me this some time back, and I was like, oh, remember the other time we came and your friends were here and this girl, this and that? And I was like, yeah, she wasn't serious. But, you know, now she knows, and she's like, oh, can I come for the wedding? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> so it, it's weird. Like, people are so, like... You come with an intention. You tell them, this is what I want. They feel like, oh, you got to work harder. You got to act smarter. You got to pull a few dollars out of your wallet to make sure that it works. And then when you do get up in it, it's like you shouldn't have even been there in the first place because all this other backlog and and crazy stuff is happening. So sometimes people don't understand how marriage works because they don't see these things. And the reason why I brought this up is because... I'm thinking about marriages and counseling because it's either you go for counseling before you get married or you have therapy after you're married. So, <laughs> so. Hey, that's the truth. That's the truth, for real. That's the truth. But, okay, so the name of my organization is called the Abigail Movement, and it's named for um, this lady named Abigail in the Bible. Do you know her? Have mm-hmm. you heard of her? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. I like she's in my top five. You know, everybody have their top five. I have top five people I want to talk to in heaven, and she is in my top five because I'm like, you were free 
She was in a difficult marriage with a man who was foolish. He was rich, but he was also very foolish. And he almost got them killed, the whole family killed. And so um, I want to talk to her about that. Like her husband, her foolish husband died and she was free. Like, hey, you did it. You said, I do. You hung in there to death to us part. It's over. You're free. You're a free woman now. And what does she do? She turns around and she marries David. And she marries David before he became king. She married David when he was running from King Saul. So that means you're sleeping in tents. There's an army after your husband trying to kill him. And if you're with him, there's a high probability that you're going to die too. So she, she married this man who already had a wife. And I'm like, wow, like, why would you do that? And um, Abigail knows something. She knows something about um, like unity and love. And she was willing to compromise. She was willing to, um, to be a helper and to do what, you know, to do what was necessary to like make her home. And I believe Abigail was also thinking this man is going to be king and any children I have for him have an opportunity to also become king. She was like, I'm not thinking about these other wives. I have an, my child has an opportunity to become king. So again, we're talking about generational wealth. She was thinking that she was thinking outside of herself. And the problem is people are very self-centered and, um, Marriage is no, you can't do that in a marriage. In a marriage, you have to be a servant. You have to um, be willing to serve the other person. And I think people who have this negative, and this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help people see the beauty in marriage. Like um, watching my mom's divorce and the impact it had on my sister and I, and even right now, I've had friends to divorce. And the impact this had on me and my husband. Like, he feels like he has to choose the dude. Well, I got to choose my girlfriend. You know, it just puts us in a weird position. And I'm just trying to, to change all that. Because people don't want to invest. They're afraid to invest. It's like, man, if I invest my heart into their marriage and they get divorced, it's going to kill me. It's going to hurt me. But we have to... Give love a chance. Give love a try. Again and again, we have to give love a try. And, and forgiveness. We got to forgive our spouses again and again. And those friends who are on the fence about your relationship are probably, it's like they don't want to invest. They've, they've seen some bad marriages. They've seen how divorce can change people's personalities People who were soft-spoken and kind suddenly become angry and hateful when you're talking about taking their kids or dividing the property. Now you got you got it like a different beast. It's like, where did this person come from? Mm. And if and if and if your friends who are on the fence about your marriage, if they're feeling that way, you know it's history. It's something that's happened to them. That they're like, no, I, I'm not going to invest any, like I'll buy a wedding gift, but I'm not investing my heart. I'm not in, 
I'm not investing in that union because what if it falls apart just like so-and-so's marriage you know mm. and so I think I think that's what that's what's up with our friends who are on the fence and they just they don't believe in marriage anymore because they've seen so many failures and I understand that and so um, my job is just to encourage I'm just like a cheerleader I'm just I'm here to encourage and say hey you know uh, one more time this is a great topic because I'm literally thinking <laughs> left, right, left, right. Because now in my head, I'm wondering this. Okay, we got married because we love each other. Now we hate each other because we can't stand each other. So what was the factor? Is it that we're not a praying couple? Is it that we're not a communicating couple? Like there has to be a problem because... When you hear about all these issues, and it could be the person grew up in a different background from you, which is, of course, obvious, but that should not, like, instigate or, you know, irritate or impede your progress. And especially, like, for us, we like, like when we do canceling, we're almost done. <laughs> but when we hear it, and it's taken us a long time to get it done, and we're like, some people have not even thought about it, and I'm like, okay, maybe we're doing this the right way and the long way is probably the, the right way than doing the short route. But because of what I've seen, it's made me understand that some people just don't think about those things. And because they've not gone through those processes, they end up in those problems because, Oh, I love your hair. Oh, I love your nails. And then that's the only thing you love, but you hate the house. <laughs> you hate the shoes, <laughs> you know, hey, women, we care about our hair and our nails. So if we change it in any way, you got it. You say, I love it. That's right. You notice it and you tell her you love it. You got that down. That's great. That's great. Because, yes, you have to do that. And um, I think counseling is something that's ongoing. You know what I mean? And I think it's so smart that the two of you are doing it together. I think that's awesome. But... Um, Again, in this, um, my nonprofit organization called the Abigail Movement, we have um, an education arm, and it's called the Marriage Minded University, because um, I think that the counseling, the coaching, the training, it can't happen, you know, sporadically. Like, we're going to do premarital counseling. And then for the next five years, we're not going to do anything. And then when something pops up, then we'll go to counseling again. And then, you know, no, it's ongoing. It's something because um, in our careers, right, we have continuing education classes. We have um, certifications. We, you know, we, um, we do that thing. We do the education thing. And I believe that marriage is no different, which is why, um, we founded the Marriage Minded University. And it's not just about you going through the curriculum. Of course, that's a big part of it. But um, another um, part of it that's just as important is you being in a community. So if you have friends who are for your marriage and you have a few friends that are don't really care, they're indifferent, it's like, no, you need somebody who's for you. You need it to be with a group of people who are in your, you know, in your similar situation. 
maybe like um, after you guys are married for two years, maybe you could be in a group with somebody married for a year, somebody married for five years, somebody married for 10 years. You're all in a group and you're talking things through. You're, you know, you are in a community together. So when something comes up, you have a group of men who you can go to and say, this is what happened and this is my concern. And they can have a discussion with you and you can trust them because you know that they are as invested in their marriages as you are in yours. So you kind of have that um, mentorship thing going on all the time. Like sometimes you are the mentor, sometimes you're the mentee. It's just, it's ongoing. And that's what I think is, is um, missing from my marriages. You get married, people throw the rice or the, you know, rose petals or whatever you right. guys are gonna have people throw at you. They throw that, they wave goodbye, and you're like on your own. You're on your own and you should never be on your own because you don't know what you're doing. You need help. You need somebody to be with you and be encouraging you. And so, yeah, so that's the difference. Yeah. We're just trying to like stay connected with these couples and um, keep them focused because it's so easy to just kind of become the center of the universe. Like I'm the center of the universe and maybe you're not catering to her needs any, anymore. Maybe she's not catering um, to your needs in the, anymore. And you feel like this whole marriage is all about what she wants and she feels like it's all about what he wants. And so you just need an outside person to say, hey, time out, y'all going way left. Really, <laughs> let's bring it back in and talk about it. Yeah. So that's, what, that's what we need. We definitely need this and we need more couples that are healthy, that are happy, that are, you know, full of enjoyment. Because when you see a couple that's excited, you want the same thing for yourself. Nobody sees a happy couple and is like, uh, I don't want that. Like, <laughs> you know, right. it's not possible. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, it's just life. It's just sharing life with, you know, doing life with somebody. Somebody who you know will always be there for you, who is, um, who's got your back the whole time. And um, it's just important because, you know, we want to grow old and nobody wants to grow old alone. So, you know, we want that. We want that, that oneness, like two people becoming one and they, they're, they're just sharing, their whole lives are intertwined. They don't just share kids and property and money. They share everything. The air that they're breathing is shared. And to me, that is so beautiful. And that is how our when we model that for our children, that's what our children want. Like, this is what I know. And they look for somebody who wants that same thing. And they respect you. And it's like, man, I like this guy, but I'm going to have to run him by my father and see what my father thinks of this guy, you know, mm. because they they know that you and your wife know what you're doing. It's like they know what they're doing. I'm going to bring him by and let him talk to my father to see if I should invest any more time in him, you know. Mm. And so 
And so it, it's ongoing. And that's how you build generational wealth. You have one wife, you guys acquire all this property, you save your money and you pour it into your children. And guess what? They do the same thing. And it just happens over and over and over again. But if you are divorcing and remarrying and divorcing and remarrying, nobody is benefiting that but the attorneys. Nobody but the lawyers is, is benefiting from that. In fact, it's hurting everybody in your circle except the attorneys. Mm. Can you imagine that? You've literally switched the board. <laughs> You've you flipped the switch and now you're enjoying it because the, it's burning and you don't you don't see it but even the next marriage the next thing you you have to really think about those things because you don't nobody wants to go through torture twice nobody so some people are scarred that they don't even want to jump in again some people are just right. going to stick in there until something happens so it's crazy how we see all this social media excitement laughing but behind closed doors it's all something else yeah, that's tough. Like, you want to be your authentic self, like, wherever you go. It's like, who needs the stress of trying to be somebody other than who you are? Like, like life is stressful without all that. You know, I would certainly rather, rather be transparent than to pretend. But, so, like, divorce happens. I, I think of three things. Adultery. Um, abuse and um, adultery, abuse and abandonment. Like if he just walks away, and I had a girlfriend do that. Her husband stopped working, just stopped working, and then pretty soon he just walked away. So, um, so yeah, crazy, right? Mm -mm. So, um, and you know, he was going through some some mental stuff and he didn't get help. We always have to get help. We always need to um, talk to um, a professional, and we ought, we need to obviously listen to our family and friends when they say, "Hey, there's something going on with you. You should get some help." And he didn't. He didn't hear that. So yeah. So those are the three reasons. Um, that the Bible outlines that, like, yes, definitely get a divorce, abandonment, abuse, and adultery. But even now that I've said that, if you commit, if, if your spouse, male or female, like if your if your wife commits adultery and she confesses, apologizes, promises to never do it again. And is willing to check in with you and make you feel like, you know what I mean? Just always checking in, making sure you know where she is and what she's doing until you get comfortable and you trust her again. Then, you know, you keep her. You don't divorce her for adultery. If, um, if your, your spouse is abusive and they're willing to go and get help and, um, they're consistent and diligent in that. And if they stop abusing you verbally, physically, you know, whatever's happening, if they stop, then you don't divorce them. If he abandons you or she walks away from you, but if she comes back and apologizes and asks for another chance and is willing to do all those things um, to make you feel good about yourself 
and about them and about your relationship together. Because, you know, it takes work. When you betray somebody like that, when you um, cause somebody to lose trust in you like that, man, um, you got to play catch up. You got to do a lot of like recovery work. But if that person is willing to do it, even those three things that the Bible says, yes, if they do that, divorce them. Even with those three things, you can still give them another chance if they're willing to do that hard work of, um, you know, earning your trust again. Yeah, I'm going to touch on the first one, adultery based on satisfaction, because that also goes into abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, abandonment. I don't really see your need here. So, you know, so it's all about that mental state. If I look at all of them in one. And don't you think that most times this happens because there's low communication or no communication at all and also lack of satisfaction because they've not met their needs, both emotionally and mentally and sexually? How does that play a role when the one party doesn't know what the other party needs? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you completely. And um, I think... There's this book, and you're probably familiar with it. I hope somebody has gifted it to you and your fiance. It's called um, like the five love languages. I got it. That's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for real. Like, there's a reason why that book is like number one because, yeah. um, like, how I like to be loved is not like how you know it's not like how my husband wants to be loved, and so. Um, you have to be intentional about that. You have to know your spouse well enough to be like, okay, um, she, she, she seems distant. She seems preoccupied. I know she likes it when I clean the kitchen and cook dinner for her. That's what I'm going to do. And then when she thinks that's it, she's going to go in the back room and see like a bubble bath already in there, you know? So, um, so just those things that you know that um, that say I love you uh, beyond words. Like you got to be able to say I love you like beyond words because it, it, it really boils down to how you are being treated and how she's being treated. And, um, and sometimes you have to say that. It's like, hey. You know, my love language is quality time and you're all, you're super preoccupied with what you're doing. How about, like, what can I do? Like, I don't want you to stop doing what you're doing, but I need to be with you. So how can I help you? Like, I just want to be in the studio with you. Like, what can I do to support you? And that's, you know, and sometimes it's just though, you know, it's just those little things. And that's what we have to do. We have to mesh our lives together. Because if the, if the objective of um, marriage is two people becoming one, then um, other than physically, that's really difficult to do if, if, um, if you're apart all the time. You really have to, like, um, to come together and maybe do some work together. Like it, it doesn't hurt to have a hobby you do together. If you like to write and she likes to read, you know, boom, there it is. If you like to drive and she likes to travel, you not jump in the car and go somewhere. But it's all about like whatever you like, 
combining that with what she likes and 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 doing it together and and being one in that way. And after years and years and years of doing that, it, it's it's clear. It's 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 visible to everybody. Like these two people are like one. Yeah. This is great knowledge for people who are thinking about marriage, who are already in it, who are probably going through it. So it fits everybody's criteria right now. And one thing that I definitely have been seeing, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is when couples talk about taking time to actually spend time together, like like you mentioned, how can I help you? If there's some couples I know that they will take like Friday or Saturday and say, hey, this is going to be date night every week. I met someone on TikTok. She was live and she's like, yeah, me and my husband, we every Friday without fail for the past, what, 19 years or so. We wow. we have been on these dates consistently taking each other out. And you hear this and you're like, 19 years? I can't even last 19 <laughs> days <laughs> or 19 hours. So yeah. how does someone keep the fire burning without burning the flame? Yeah. And you know what? Like, I'm not, like, that's not appealing to me. So you got to know your spouse. Like, I would, I'd, I'd rather be surprised. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'd rather him come up, like, on a Tuesday with, like, hey, let's just bounce. We're not going to say goodbye to anybody. Send him a text. <laughs> Send him a text. We're going to we gone. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's just me. But obviously... The two of them like the consistency, the uh, routine of every Friday. That would become a chore to me. Like, oh, it's Friday. Now, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? <laughs> We've been doing this for five years. What what can we do new next? Mm. You know what I mean? And so that's why you just got to know your spouse. You yeah. Know, you just got to know, like, what they're into. And you know rather than like going out and you know trying out all these different restaurants and all these different type of foods maybe like if you're foodies and that's y'all's thing then that works like you know this friday we are going out of town and we're just going to hit a couple of restaurants because you're you're foodies that's your thing but um things like dancing like learning new types of dances like that's something i would do like um I would rather go out and do something physical, like, um, you know, like let's go um, do some rock climbing or, you know, take a walk on the beach or something. Um, So again, you just need to, and you need to know, does this person like routine? Like they want it every Friday. They like the routine. Or is this person like she, you know, after about three weeks, just just pop up with some flowers and some tickets, like a flight, like some plane tickets. Like yeah. is that your girl? Like depending on who your girl is, then that's what you do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love how you put that up because some people like it spontaneous, and spontaneous yeah. is always yeah. it's always thrilling. It's always something that. Yeah makes you want to keep coming back some people say that that, that's the whole reason why i did it because i know somebody can find us so so it's it's all these crazy things that people think about but those are the memories that you stick with that really you don't want to have the same routine oh yeah okay we know our sheets are blue and our sheets are red and purple (laughs) (laughs) you know there's no color (laughs) 
Exactly. And that's the beauty of getting to know each other. And um, and all you have to do is listen. Because a lot of times, you know, women tell you exactly what they want, exactly what they like. If she gets her toenails done and she says, you didn't even notice. I got my toenails done yesterday. You didn't even notice. Make a mental note. When she comes home, look at her feet. If it's a different color, compliment her. <laughs> yep. You know, it's it's just so easy. It's those it's it's those tiny, tiny things that all add up to be a lot. And in the same way, those tiny things that you miss, you ignore, you forget, those add up to, you know, somebody who wants to file for a divorce. Mm. So um yeah. So it all counts. The little things are those precious thing yeah that's amazing i want to touch a little bit on this topic subtopic and we've touched on it on different areas but i know some couples even couples that are not even married you know they have this oh relationship date night this and that you know but when it comes to intimacy like you mentioned there are different love languages some people just don't want to be touched like that tickles me you know some people (laughs) just don't some, some people are completely off that but now when you're getting to know someone and interact with them I've I've read a study and I and I want to be sure that this is true because I hear it. Everybody talks about it, but it's like it's it's a balloon. <laughs> I'll call it a helium balloon. It goes up into space. But when I hear about intimacy and how couples, specifically in marriage, right, should be able to out of the year or every week get to that point where you can be intimate with your partner, and they said that if you do that about two hundred times out of 365 that's a doctor that said that i mean don't quote me i'm not a doctor (laughs) but from when i heard the overarching thing is that the the more consistent the more intimate the more you're able to relate with each other the healthier the happier the mood and everything is so and some people don't think of that component in relationships they're like oh we got to run this business oh we got to take the kids to school so people don't think about those little things and i'm not bringing this up for one-sided effect but it changes someone's mood overall so how do couples stay intimate without focusing on other bigger things Yes, um, I don't know anything about that 2365, but I'm going to look it up. That sounds so interesting. Yeah, the 200. Um, (laughs) Yeah, 200 times out of a year. Yeah. 365 days. Okay, that is so interesting. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. But, um, you know, I'm, um, I'm really more like a kind of a spontaneous kind of person. And I think, um, I think that romance is important and spontaneity is important. And I also think that intimacy happens a lot of different ways, right? Maybe, maybe intimacy is like her taking that bath and you drying her toenails, drying her feet, and polishing her toenails right in that bathtub. Mm. Maybe that's maybe that's intimacy for her. Like if if um, like getting her nails done, if that's a thing, and if you do it, that might mean the world to her. Not that you do it perfectly, but just that you tried, you know. And just can, can you hear her telling the story? 
telling it to her mother, telling it to her sisters, telling it to her friends, and just the giddiness, the laughing. Look, he painted my nails. They're a mess. He is so sweet. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's like a kid drawing a, an art and like, oh, look at what I drew. And like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> you know? And mommy puts it on the refrigerator for everybody to see. Exactly. Because that's just women, right? Just the smallest little effort you do. She's like, he, you know, he's trying to please me. He knows I like to get my nails done. He is purposely, he's intentionally trying to please me. What can be more intimate than that? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's intimate as it happens over and over and over. She looks at her nails. It's, it's happening again. She tells a story. It's happening again. Before you know it, you get a text. You get a booty call text. Where you at? <laughs> <laughs> when you gonna get here? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Because it's just it's just playing out over and over and over in her head, and that's that's intimacy. I mean, of course, that takes nothing from the physical act of making love because that is definitely important. You know, that's for sure. Two people becoming one, definitely. But it can it can happen over and over again in um, small ways, right? Just those little things mean a lot. Mm. It goes a long way when you think about it, the intimacy and what it means, like, you know, filling up her gas tank. It's happened to me. <laughs> and sometimes, oh, I, you didn't have to do this. And, and when you think about the thought behind what is happening, it could be a fridge refrigerator it could be a microwave it could be a candle it could be a blender you don't have to go buy a ferrari or a porsche to you know make her feel on top of the world so i think people have this expectation that is so up there because we all we have all these great stars and celebrities that really shoot up the bar for us which is great because people get to know okay there's something like this out there but that doesn't mean that you now take your whole budget and then go throw yourself down <laughs> you know, a restaurant that's a six star and realize, oh, we, we don't have food tomorrow. So it's it's very it's very balanced. And I know in relationships there's a lot of communication, there's a lot of, you know, putting things together. When it comes to third parties, you know, like how, oh, I have a girlfriend, I have a boyfriend, what do you think? Oh, I don't like him. Then she comes and tells me, I don't like you, and then the relationship is done. So in a marriage, when it comes to friends, third parties, and people talking about your relationship, because they have interesting factors, how do you deal with that without being disrespectful? Yeah, favorite. Let me tell you, um, it's tough, right? It's really tough, and um, I think it's it's best to just be honest and be transparent. Because I I feel like if you tell them one time um, directly, then you don't have to answer that question again. You know what I mean? If they, if you are, are firm in your position and in your response, then that's done. You know what I mean? You don't have to address the question again. Am I answering it? It makes sense. Are you, like, are you like, following me? 
Yeah, I am. I'm sure the followers too are getting it because from what I'm 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 hearing and what the listeners are also thinking is probably okay, I'm just gonna tell this person straight up, I don't like you, it's messing up with my relationship and I would respect if you're able to take heed to what I've said. Simple. So it's like direct, active and not aggressive either. Right, exactly. Okay. And I think people appreciate you being um, unique and genuine and, and direct. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think especially when it comes to your marriage, you have to like set these hard boundaries. You know, like um, what you share, um, who you invite in, like like all those things are just like. They're protective mechanisms. Like all these people who are not, are like not on your team and, and maybe not be for your marriage. Um, you know, moving forward, they may continue in that. Like, oh, y'all still married? Y'all still together? And you're like, that's not cool. Even if they say it jokingly, because you know how people can be, even if they say it jokingly, that still it, it just plants a negative seed. Yeah. And you and that's and that is there's no place in a marriage for that. You just want people who are are for you. Because it you know, it's hard enough as it is, right? Like it's just difficult. And you, you mentioned celebrities and this this standard that they um that they live you know that they they live at this standard and maybe you aspire to do that but from what i've read and seen on tv they're all unhappy <laughs> they they're all unhappy all un, you know they're satisfied they're not satisfied they're depressed they're always wanting more and more and more and um why we just have to learn to be content with what we have and make what we have the best that it can be. Um, because the, like we get like you and your wife are going to give things value, you know, like what you do will be valuable. Where you live will be valuable. Like what you have will be, will be valuable. And it's not based on the price tag. It's based on what you've acquired together and what it means to you. Like what, what, how we got this house or um, what we've done in this house, this, this car, um, where we went in this car, what we've done in this car, how we came about purchasing this car, that is going to give it more value you know, not that it has to be any certain type of car or any, you know, or a dream house. It doesn't have to be like, like this is the last house we were getting. Like this is, you know, our dream house. It doesn't have to be that, but it has the value of a dream house because it's yours and hers, mm-hmm. you know? And um, those celebrities, like when they get divorced, I just... You know, I just get like Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates. I'm like, come on now. That was not, we didn't see that coming. Some did, yeah. but nah. <laughs> and when I, you know, when I heard about what, what went down, like he, he wasn't letting her, you know, participate to the level that she wanted to participate. 
and you know, I think it was like they, they were writing something and she wanted to contribute some written piece to it and he was like, no, I got it, whatever. Like, no, like, and who knows the truth, right? Like whatever it was that brought them to this point, I know that she filed for divorce because women do most often because they get, they're frustrated most, most often because the, the women are constantly trying to be one in a way other than sexually mm. you know they're trying to contribute in other ways to like oneness like hey let's cook dinner together hey let's you know do this together let's do that together let's take dance lessons together like whatever women are always trying to be one outside of the bedroom and when men don't um don't reciprocate that or don't support that or encourage that then um it's just a little thing that turns into bigger things over the years and makes her unhappy with her marriage. So um, it was called the, the Build and Melinda Gates Foundation. And I just really um, wish that they would have um, been more one in it. And, you know, and whatever they did, that it was more um, of a shared responsibility, a shared contribution. And another thing, did they have the mentorship? Did they have a group of people cheering them on? Did they have a group of people supporting them and encouraging them to stay married? I'm, I'm thinking that they didn't because most people don't have that. They may have it in their parents, you know, maybe, or, um, but they typically don't have it in um, like a peer group. Mm. Like peer groups. And so, um, and if you don't have anybody cheering you on and encouraging you, then um, you lose sight of who's invested in this. And, you, and you're quick to throw it away. Like, this isn't working for me. I don't like it. And you just toss it aside. Right. And then when you, and then when you do it, all these people are devastated. You're like, wow, I had no idea that you were also invested in it. And I'm like, well, you didn't even let us know that it was coming close to this, you know? So you do, you have to talk about those things and you need um, some cheerleaders, somebody encouraging you that, hey, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Just hang yeah. on, hang in there. You're right. And I know one other thing that definitely breaks or makes, makes or breaks is finances. And that's something that people don't really talk about that much. So is there a way you could elaborate on that when it comes to keeping the house in order? Yes. You know, and again, I think it's just going to um, depend on whatever, you know, the husband and the wife decide. Are we going to put all of our money together or am I going to put half and you put half? And what's in the middle is what we use to pay our expenses. And what we have is just like what we have or whatever we want to do. Like however the husband and wife um, agree to divvy up those expenses, I think um, that's what it should be. Mm. Like whatever they agree on, that's what it should be. And if it should change, because you know, occasionally women change their mind. Like if it should change, then the husband, I think he should be open to change and just, and also open to compromise. Like if she wants to change it completely, 
you know, and you're like, yeah, we can change it, but let's just change this much of it and see how that works. And then, you know, we can, we'll table the rest and we'll come back to it. But yes, it's, it's always um, a, a discussion, right? It's always a conversation. It's, it's, and nothing is set in stone and you gotta be flexible, right? And be willing to um, compromise. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's unfortunate that finances um, can really um, kill a marriage. But I think if both parties are completely transparent, then it's not a problem. But it's when, you know, you're stashing cash here and she's stashing cash there, and then you discover it, it's just like, Hmm. you know, you just, trust is so important. Like you have to guard that thing. It's just like a little baby. You have to take care of trust and make sure that it grows stronger and it you know it's deeper and better because when the trust is compromised in any way then it um it it hampers the growth of the relationship if you don't trust her and she doesn't trust you it's it's difficult and you have to get over that through being even more transparent and and you know it's like hey you know, you want the you want the code to my phone. It's your birthday, so now you know it. <laughs> whenever you, whenever you want, it's your birthday. Just put it in there. Check it. You know, check it out. Check me out. I am I'm transparent. You know. Yeah. And so um, like so those things like that. Those are the things that you have, you you have to do in order to keep the trust to keep the marriage. Uh, moving forward yeah it's crazy because some people put like trackers on their phones like couples and everything i mean you could do that for your kids that's totally fine that makes sense but couple to couple it's like oh my goodness you don't yeah. i'm at a restaurant i can't be at popeyes i can't be at chick-fil-a <laughs> <laughs> i can't so right. it, it's crazy but um that definitely helps people to really understand and know okay before we jump this relationship bridge to marriage can we talk about these things because a lot of people don't talk about those things they just think about the wedding they think about the excitement and all the beautiful babies coming but they forget that oh you forgot to close the toothpaste oh you forgot to take the trash out (laughs) it's all those things yes man yes my um um my thing is doors like I'll, I'll get up like first like I'm the first one up in the morning I'll get up like doors are open cabinet doors are open the dishwasher doors open the pantry doors open and so I'm just like closing all these doors do I get mad do I send a nasty text message no I just close them I just close the doors because it's just not his thing. He'll open the drawer, take out a fork. He's got the fork. There's no need to close that drawer. The next person can close it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so you just have to you just have to close it. You know, just just close it. And those things happen, right? Whether um, you'll have your things, she'll have her things. And what do you do? 
You just pick up the wet clothes off the floor and put them in the, in the washing machine. Yeah. You just do that. I mean, that's like love, right? You're just loving them. Like, for, like, you know, the good things about them you love and the not so good things about them. The things that get on your nerves, you love, you love them too. Mm-hmm. This is great. I'm so glad we were able to talk about this today and really go deep dive into marriage culture. Wow. I'm so glad we were able to be here today, Miranda. And if they I'm so glad you're engaged. <laughs> I, oh, I thank am you. Invested. I am invested in this marriage. I am super excited about it. I'm thank so you. happy for you because that's what I want to see happen. I want to see more couples in our communities getting married and building wealth by um, combining their um, resources, uh, monetary and otherwise, yeah. combining their resources and building something and adding the, the generational part in it by having children and raising them and modeling before those children. Okay, this is what um, marriage looks like. Mom and I don't always agree, but... Um, we can we can agree to disagree. It doesn't mean it's over. We just don't agree on this thing. Mm. And you're just kind of showing them what a good marriage looks like. So when it's their turn, they know. Even in dating, they're like, "Oh, I don't like the way he raises his voice at me." Mm. This ain't gonna work. <laughs> and they can just cut it off, not waste any time. They can cut it off right. and just wait for the right one. Because you have models. Like, my dad didn't talk to my mom like that. I'm sorry, this is not going to work. Exactly. <laughs> you can take me home now. Literally. <laughs> like, I'm good. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm super excited, man. I want to stay in touch with you. I want to check you out on all social media platforms. Like and congratulate all those wedding pictures. Man, congratulations. So Thank beautiful. you. Thank you so much. I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. This is something that everyone looks forward to. And I'm like, oh, me too? I'm part of this train? Okay, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And hopefully your male friends can see you and they can do the same. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. That's what generational wealth looks like. Yeah, I'm glad my friends are also getting married this year. Her friends are getting married this year. So it's like we're all in that nice space and it's all good because we know we're at the right place at the right time doing the right thing so absolutely yeah. i love that right place right time doing the right thing i love that <laughs> thank you if there's any way they can get in contact with you what are the options they have yes of course you can check me out on social media platforms at why stay married i'm also in clubhouse the name of our club is also why stay married and I have a new book coming out, and it's called Why Should You Stay Married? The Seven Reasons That Will Permanently Change Your Mindset on Marriage. And I have a link tree in my IG that they can um, pre-order the book. Amazing. And guys, make sure you also check the podcast description link because it's also going to be available there for you. Hey, thank you so much, Miranda. And I'm wishing you the rest of your weekend an amazing time with your family and loved ones. Thank you. Take care. Take care.